0: I want to welcome you to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast and today we go stateside and we go and speak with Dr. Muhammad Solomon. I'm really excited for this one as I always am for these podcasts because we always get to kind of peer behind the curtain, dive in, find out why somebody does what they do and what it is that they're doing. Dr. Solomon is an ICF certified life coach. He's also a physician and also a fellow show host. So, Dr. Solomon, we could really have a show-off today, couldn't we? How are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> you well? Yeah, uh, thank you for the nice intro, Mark. Oh, you're most welcome.
0: Um, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. Um, very much kind of feels like a good reflective time. If you were to be able to sum up like 2022 for you in, in one word, what what would that be?
1: Inspiring. An inspiring gear.
0: What when you say inspiring? What what is there something specific that you kind of like can can relate that to?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say the people response to uh, medical interventions. Uh, people eagerness to be uh, part of the mental health. Um, I us say I don't like maybe. Use mental health community, but their eagerness to seek mental health um, services, Um, maybe it's because of the pandemic Mm. or the post-pandemic era. In twenty twenty two, we were just getting out of the pandemic era, and uh, many people had themselves or uh, had relatives who really uh, felt a mental health burden hand, used to be a taboo, still a taboo, but uh, maybe less so. So it was inspiring to see um, many people younger age, um, mid-40s, um, and obviously above 65, to be actively now coming to clinics and seeking mental health.
0: Yeah cuz prevention is better than cure whenever somebody like talks about the word inspire or inspiration or inspiring i always have to share this cuz i don't know about you dr solomon but i'm really fascinated by like the root meaning of words and and what 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 words actually really mean and the word inspire in the greek actually means to breathe upon so when somebody oh. says when somebody <laughs> says you know you've inspired me they're actually yeah. saying that you've breathed life into me <laughs> which then completely adds that whole layer of wow
1: yes i never thought about it this way but it makes sense cuz inspiration yeah you breathe in that that makes perfect sense and it's funny you say this because you think it's a one way path when you talk to clients or you talk to patients and so you inspire them. It's actually no, it's, it's the other way around too. When you see turnaround stories uh with therapy or medications and it's just something you say, you know what? What we're doing is not in vain. Um uh, it's it is something. And you see people really at least I'm not saying completely dysfunctional and all of a sudden they're walking in water, but um people who might be completely dysfunctional but now at least functioning in the society and people who are functioning in society and now excelling in the society
0: exactly yeah uh, you know breathe in and breathe out it is that reciprocal kind of exchange and uh, yeah it's fascinating now you mentioned about mental health like why are you so focused on mental health why why has that become such a significant thing for you and your work
1: so when I, I'll tell you a little bit about my um, my background and that will explain why it shows psychiatry. So my career, I always wanted to be a scientist. So my training, my master's and my PhD were all about genetics, cell biology, uh, cancer. Cancer was the biggest thing I was focusing on for almost nine years of my career in Canada. And then um, unfortunately during my PhD, Um, I had uh, an incident where um, my advisor, who actually was British, British British-Canadian, unfortunately was lost to uh, mental health. And uh, that was not just one point of time, that was over four years in and out uh, of this. And that made me wonder for some time, like, what is going on? My life was always through the cancer lens, and that what inspired me to go to medical school with focus to psych like on psychiatry, and here we are. Yeah. Wow, that's so, quite that's a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's quite a uh, because sometimes I find that people stumble across stuff and and it, they're just yeah. curious. And then other times there is moments in our life where we're like, actually, I need to do something about this. Is that is that sort of your personality that when you identify like uh, a problem that it affects you an emotional level that then makes you take response? Is that kind of like the person that you are?
1: I think so. I think so. And that's one of the things um, that I've noticed throughout my life. Sometimes I don't wait for something to happen. Sometimes Mm. you can see it. Coming, Uh, For example, when I did my MBA at at Cornell, where I also did my medical school, I did it because I can see that the medical system and the insurance system are really changing dramatically in the U.S. Uh, You guys, thankfully, don't have to suffer from this with NHS or with us in Canada, Canada Health, we also don't have to suffer from this. But here, these changes affect many people's lives. So I thought, okay, that's time to learn about the economics of the healthcare system. So sometimes this way, sometimes, yeah, it affects me personally, and then, okay, it's, it's a call, per se. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting for me. I know that obviously mental health well-being is really important how, how do you or how have you gone about showing people that they need clarity in order to achieve well-being how, how do you raise that awareness and how do you help people gain clarity so that they can uh, really achieve you know a, you know, a healthy well-being
1: mm-hmm. and when you uh, ask about people you mean patients or people who are clients like as, as a coach
0: yeah, I mean, like me, you you uh, do an, you do a number of things, but mm-hmm. often often our philosophy and our way of living and the way that we give uh, it can obviously interchange. But at the heart uh, of it, we have a very kind of clear. So, I mean, answer that yeah. however however that feels like
1: intuitively to you. Okay, so let's have you as um, I'm not say a client, but say. As a conversation with with a friend so what like the first thing that will i will ask you is what's bothering you or what's in your mind so what would you say about wellness for you
0: wellness is something that obviously you know we only have one body uh, i need to be mindful of the fact that i need to take care of it in order to do the things that i love so it is a priority for me and it's something that you know, you have to be intentional about. That's probably what I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the body. So for you, wellness is mostly physical?
0: Yeah, I guess I, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think that even though I'm very much aware of my mental health, I think because yeah. of my own journey this year, it's been really focused on the physical side of of, of my health. So that's probably why I frame it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. So as you can see, the wording um, of the person can guide you mm. uh, to what actually the, the wellness means to them. Because if, if it is only one set, it becomes a problem and we become siloed. It's like, oh yeah, wellness means mental but they might mean for them financial. And it comes when they talk. It's like, oh, uh, as you said, body. And for me, body. uh, Or they say, I'm not feeling well, not feeling well. And this using the person words uh, or being active, like active listening, what they are actually saying um, tells me way more than the books that I would read or or any of the uh, buckets that I want to fit them in
0: which I think in your profession as a physician is really like critical because I've always found like the medical kind of like arena a little difficult and I almost feel like anxious and yet Mm -hmm. the times when I've spoken to a physician who who has listened to what I've said and actually led back with what I've said and kind of reflected back what I'm saying I felt such much more of a calmness And an ability, so I love the fact that you that you have that because I think too often it is so much textbooks uh, and science and medicine based, and not enough empathy and compassion based, and to have the two is is a really beautiful thing.
1: Oh, thank you. And you know, one of the stressors we have in in medicine these days is the timing. You get billed for specific number of minutes. And so you have to do it either at your own time uh, or uh, you find a way somehow to fit it within the 15 minute or the 45 minutes, but it cannot go away. I think this is one of the things, if anything that made me a good coach is actually what I've learned in psychiatry uh, in terms of interacting with the patients and knowing what they're actually saying, and what they are not saying. Mm. What they are not saying is also important.
0: That is very true, because we live in a a world of noise where there's so much, you know, volume, so many expressions. um, You know, and sometimes people hide actually behind, like, Mm -hmm. this, this noise and this animation. You know, I'm very mindful of the people that are always, like, giving a lot. And yeah, I'm wondering what's going on behind. So I like the fact that you've talked about, you know, actually, it's sometimes looking at what's not being said or what's not being done. That's really insightful and important for us to be mindful of that. And the art of listening for me is is something that's so critical when it comes to mental health, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. And I think it involves not only you said something nice about not only listening to the word, but um, rephrasing them maybe back to make sure that what you heard is actually what was said. Mm. Because we assume it is the case, but sometimes not. But even body position, like the leaning forward a little bit gives the impression that you are listening. And these all cues really make a difference versus if I'm sitting like this and I'm cross-legged and I'm doing this that that is not even if I'm listening mm. for use like it's a power pause mm. and that just make the whole thing different. Um, and I think yeah these soul cues can make people trust you and once they trust you, they can start to open, um, and it, it makes a huge difference to know the real thing, as you said. There is the what people think is the problem, but also what is the problem.
0: Exactly. I want to I want to touch on something that I always find really fascinating. I think because of your your scientific background and because of your your love for what we're talking about, I think you you have a lot of value here. Talk talk to me a little bit about the the mind to body you know connection and how can we make you know this connection work better for us because yeah. it always fascinates me this
1: yes the the mind body connection was is and will continue to be a big topic so I think let's first see say Descartes one of the major philosophers and I would consider him one of the top not the top, I don't like to use the word talk, one of the most influential philosophers. And he believed in dualism, the mind and the body are separate entities. And that did not hold true because we know now that our thinking affects us in a way. And even what we say can affect the way we think. And this affects the body. I'll tell you a lovely experiment uh, that was done by Alia Chrome at Stanford. And this experiment was done years ago and still fascinates me. They had participants and give them milkshake of 300 calories, all 300 calories. Half of them were had the label uh, on the cup, 140 calories. And I can't remember if it was no sugar or some sugar but that's it. The other one, other half, 620 calories written on the cup. And if it is only body, you would think, well, it doesn't matter. 300 calories, 300 calories, 300 calories. The mindset or what you see on the bottle doesn't make any difference. And then she and her team measured a level of enzyme called ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So when you're hungry, It goes up. We're not hungry. It goes down. And guess what? The ghrelin hormone levels were three times different between the two groups. Hmm. So the perception of what they are taking in really affected their hormonal levels. Um, The same thing we use in have you heard of cognitive behavioral therapy? Oh, yes. Yeah. It is one of the gold standards in uh, therapy um, now. And I think many of the other things stemmed from CBT, like the DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, the interpersonal therapy, all came from this uh, umbrella by iren Beck at the University of uh, Pennsylvania. And the whole idea is looking at the patterns of thinking and changing them. And by changing them, you change the emotions and we change the emotions, we change the actions. And this is one of the mind body connection, because you can see someone who is depressed. So it is some, some chemical change happening. And with CBT and changing the way we think, you can change the way you function in society. Is it everything? Certainly no, right? It's. Uh, mind body connection help you but it's one of the tools among many other tools
0: yeah it, it, for me it is really fascinating because i've really seen it throughout my life how how a thought can create a physiological response and if i change my narrative and my story around that and it could be like a fear like uh, yeah. when i go to the dentist it's it's going to hurt and then you start to feel like scared and that you want to run and yet, if your thought is actually, it's just going to be a nice health check, I'm going to have my my teeth cleaned. And actually, I'm going to look better on my pictures, because my teeth are going to be whiter, and my breath's going to be nicer for my partner, then the physiological is completely different, isn't it?
1: It is. I'm glad that you shared this example, because I was about to ask you, give me an example of your life. The other famous one is when people get so anxious about anything, and we all get anxious about different things some people who manifest this as headache so we we call technically tension headache Mm.
0: Um,
1: some people have the uh, stomach butterflies Mm. Uh, some people have diarrhea Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, so it manifests I'll tell you something funny I'm not sure if you know this or not you know that um, one of the main drugs used for treatment of depression is uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so it's a, it's a group of medications like Prozac okay that increase serotonin uh, in the brain guess where's the most serotonin in your body
0: um i don't know i'll just say the feet
1: it's the gut it's the gut Yeah, 90% of the serotonin in the gut. So, no wonder when people get so nervous, they will start to have uh, gastric issues, no gastric, gastrointestinal issues, uh, because the 90% of the serotonin is there, plus other things. Um, Also, we now start to learn more about the gut microbiome and how it affects mental health, but that's separate from our conversation about how the mind can tell the body something and they are interconnected
0: oh it's definitely true like now we're talking about it you know I'm there's not many areas of my life now where I'm as anxious because I always find that anxiety often lives in the future rather than in the present but you know like I've flown hundreds of times you know and uh, even now like when I get on a plane I still have like sweaty palms you know and uh it's funny isn't it because you do get that that physiological again and it is the thought the thought for me is always every time i get on a plane it's like a near-death experience oh which yes is so, which is crazy <laughs> isn't it that's crazy <laughs> yeah.
1: did you have this feeling as a kid
0: yes i did and i know yeah. why because my i remember yeah. the first time i flew my mum was hysterical on a flight <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you know your mom is is the is is the safety is the safety light as a child yeah. and if yeah. she's if she's anxious then obviously it's going to manifest so yeah it is often you know through our childhood that we have these things isn't it
1: yes yes and the reason i ask you it's you, childhood tells you a lot too it does yeah yeah um
0: now I know I know that we talked a lot about like the mind and body there but it was so important to do that. Like one of the other things that I think is really important I think you'd add some value to is is resilience because I I find that you know our, our mind like we're talking about how our thoughts create feelings. So obviously for for me if that's the first entry point and mm-hmm. that is actually where we need to focus a lot of our our energy so h- how do we actually become like more resilient and how do we actually fine-tune that
1: narrative mm-hmm. i'll tell you the something that you might not um, be expecting is actually by doing the opposite and instead of trying to have thick skin have thin skin mm. so let things go in and out of your skin and that how can be more resilient uh, what we resist what we resist persists and the more we try to uh, say, no, I'm resilient. I'm going through this and I keep sucking it up. Um, for some people, it, it works, but for many, it doesn't. I work, as I told you before, we started this lovely conversation. I work both in civilian hospital and in um, in America, so the veteran hospitals. Mm-hmm. So uh, military people who us. Uh, Uh, served, and now they're outside the military. And you see a lot of PTSD and they all were people who just told, suck it up and that's it, or embrace the suck, as they say in in the military service. But then uh, the more you try to pretend things didn't happen, the more your unconscious is acting against it. So instead of um, this fantasy of thick skin, how about the opposite? I like, like things. Yeah, going in and out. And uh, definitely w- part of resilience is acknowledging there is something. Um, instead of pretending it doesn't exist. How you will deal with this thing, that's a different story. But if you have a big breakup with a partner and then pretend oh no it's it's normal like Mm. the brain you can deceive your brain yeah
0: yeah it's funny trying to do that i've 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 tried to do that and you know smelling smelling things you know um shifting you know that i know that there's that cycle psychology thing where you close your eyes and you look to the very left and then you look to the right and you uh-huh. and you're able to shift out of like thoughts it's it's uh-huh. quite amazing really but yeah. I, I think that thin skin that you were talking about there that needs to be your next article because that there <laughs> that that there is really that's really marketable as well as really like that's that needs to be heard oh so, thank uh, you. Yeah, you need to, I encourage you to get on that
1: one. Like, Oh, yes. thank you. I'll because... tell you, uh, my thinking is mostly, I don't give a lot of credit to Hegel, but I give him lots of credit on the dialectical thinking. Um, and Hunt was, uh, even before him, and even Plato talked about him, but Hegel was different in how the strength is the weakness and how can you turn the thing around And then you see it from the other side and it can be the solution. So if the problem is the thick skin, maybe then the solution is the thin skin. But
0: that's the thing. That's the thing thing that I think is really powerful here because you hear and I've heard it throughout my life. You know, you need to have thick skin, Mark. I've never heard anybody say, Mark, you need to have thin skin. I've, I've never heard it that's why i think it's really you need to jump on that because for me that really poo, that like oh. i love that <laughs> because <laughs> i will yeah I do, will, do that and
1: yeah. the thing is
0: is when you consume content like hegel or other philosophers mm-hmm. right the, the beautiful thing about when we create content is that we absorb something we take it in uh, and then we filter it through our own experience and our and our own way of thinking. We then express it in a way that, yes, the, the source is Hegel, uh, but actually your expression of that is actually Dr. Solomon. And actually that there alone is something that we all need to not be afraid of, that we all consume content. Uh, but it's actually how we express it which which people gravitate some people will not listen to hegel but they will listen to you and that's why it's important to be able to take in and then express
1: agree and he didn't say anything about the skin at all it just he was only the uh, yeah very uh, dialectical thinker and um how can you approach a problem from the other side too, uh, how an anxiety could be a strength. Yeah. And exactly. anxiety is not always a weakness. Um, how, even when you look at people with eating disorder, one of the things that if you really take a step back and look at it, you say, this is a remarkable uh, sense of control. Like we, we, most of us will not be resisting a lot of food in holiday season. And they have this remarkable ability to say, no, it's still an illness and no one should be suffering because of eating disorder. But you look at the other side and then you say, okay, they have these good qualities. How can we capitalize on this, but channel them in a different direction? And instead of just being restrictive on the food they actually have a lot of self-control and they might be very productive in other ways.
0: Mm. Really good. Really good. I'm really enjoying this. We've only got a few minutes left, but I do want to ask you mm-hmm. um, about your YouTube channel. It's called thrive. Mm-hmm. What What I just wanted to ask, cause I, I always love when, you know, I get to interview people that also host shows and I love being where you are. And, you know, I always find the dynamics really interesting. What what do you feel has been your biggest learning from hosting
1: a show? Every big name you see had struggled. And one question I have for every guest on my show is sharing an experience where they went from striving to thriving. And I get surprised by how much... Uh, People went through to be where they are. And this is different from the perception that, oh, it, it is luck. Uh, could be. And I admit there is an element of luck, but they also went through a lot. I mean, your fellow British man, uh, Phil Jones, um, he is now one of the most inspiring. Uh, salesmen and motivational speakers and there was a period in his life I think it's around the financial crisis where he didn't even have enough money to put gas in his car like he went to the gas station and didn't have the money. So um, I think that's back to something we I think where we started in, in inspirational is from the others too. It's not only from, and that's something I really learned from the show. Uh, We cannot sometimes see things except through the gaze of others. Um, So that's why I don't like the new idea of, uh, oh, only yourself, Uh, focus only on yourself. Like this is hallucinating, not hallucination, that's very technical term, but this is almost delusional because there is no concept of self without other. Um, that was Sartre uh, when he said hell is others he didn't mean people interpret it as oh hell oh people are bad no hell is others because there is no way we can learn things or see even a concept of us except through others and this is why it is hell because you can't see it through yourself mm-hmm. and there are many people like Jack Lacan the a psychoanalyst and how he said yeah there is a stage or the mirror stayed where between age six months and 18 months where you look into the mirror and then, well, if this is not me, then who is this? Then you realize there's other. Mm. And he called it the, that's the gaze. And that's, I think, what something I really learned from my guests um, is really inspiring, really inspiring.
0: I love that. I I almost feel like we could we could uh, do another another podcast here, uh, Doctor Solomon, because it's been really enjoyable. How do people find out about Thrive and about your business working as a as a life coach? Uh, how do How do people find out more about you?
1: So with my website, dr, like Doctor, and then last name Solomon, S O L I M A N. Um, you can blame my parents for writing it this way. Uh, they butchered. The Solomon name and uh, all the links for my social media are on the website and all the social media have the same handle, dr. solomon S-O-L-I-M-A-N and then M-D, like medical doctor, one word.
0: And is there anything else that you'd like to just quickly say as we bring this into land?
1: We're starting 2023. People will have lots of hopes, lots of goals. I would say to anyone who had this experience in the past and felt, oh, I know I'll have new goals and nothing get accomplished. Have small wins. Small wins are big wins. Once you feel you accomplish something small, you have the tendency to do something better and something better. The new hysteria in our world now of, oh, I'm going to be an influencer or these huge goals, which uh, unfortunately the U.S. tend to be more than in Europe. It's like you go bigger, you go home. Our minds don't think this way. Our minds love small incremental successes, including things as brushing your teeth in the morning, um, making sure that your bed is tidy these little things get the get the day going and when you mm-hmm. stop doing these things you will feel a difference so uh small wins are big wins
0: i love it i've got the name of your new uh book now dr solomon it's called thin skin small wins
1: in small wins oh that is lovely That not is good lovely. yeah it is you can take See, it you I'm can have learning. It. I'm yeah I'm learning uh <laughs> from you it's amazing how how much you could learn from talking to people who really uh, listen and who uh, are interested
0: yeah it was really enjoyable honestly I I mean there's certain things that you obviously have a real passion for and I can geek out on as well so I really have enjoyed like your scientific and your researched uh and that intellectual mind alongside that empathy that ability to be able to articulate uh, your your learnings and actually that was really enjoyable so thank you for joining me today on the brains podcast uh, dr solomon
1: thank you mark it was really enjoyable talking to you as well Thank you
0: for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.